The Law Podcasting Podcast is brought to you by Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the only how-to podcasting course designed specifically for attorneys, where you can learn the ins and outs of creating and producing your own law podcast so you can grow your practice by building authority, affinity, and trust with prospective clients and referral sources. With short, easy-to-digest video and audio lessons and a community of like-minded lawyer podcasters, Power Podcasting for Lawyers is the best way to get your show off the ground smoothly and quickly. Learn more about Power Podcasting for Lawyers at lawpodcasting.com. Outlining, mind mapping, scripting, what should you do to prep your podcast episodes? This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, all right, everybody. Hello, and welcome back to episode number 69 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am indeed your host, Gordon Firemark. This is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even when they're not specifically podcasting about the law. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the strategies and tools you can use to prepare for your episode recording sessions. We're going to talk a bit about things like outlining, mind mapping, scripting, and of course, extemporaneous speaking. And that's the first thing I want to jump into. Extemporaneous talk is just, you know, open the mic and go for it. Um, it often sounds very engaging. You're having a real conversation with your audience. And, um, you know, if you're good at this kind of talk, it's great. It sounds fantastic. And um, really, all you need to do is just, uh, you know, spend a minute or two or a few minutes before you start recording, just figuring out the direction of what you're going to say, you know, sort of where you're going to begin and where you're ending, you know, <laughs> you want to get to the destination and not just ramble all over the place. But the risks of it are are that it can seem disorganized. You go off on tangents, down rabbit holes, and you just don't have that organization so that the flow of things doesn't feel linear. And that can be disorienting for audiences. So you may need to stop and start while you're uh, recording the show. And that extemporaneous vibe can suffer when you've stopped and started. You can also um, just you know lose your flow altogether. And all of this means that you could need to do more editing. So extemporaneous chat is is great if you're really good at this kind of thing. If you're well-practiced at speaking in front of audiences and, and can just sort of riff on any subject at any time. And, um, boy, I really admire people who can do that. I, uh, I don't consider myself to be one, although I <laughs> do love the sound of my own voice and I can stand up in front of a crowd pretty well and, and talk about any topic. Uh, I do find that I, um, and ah, quite a lot. And, um, there you go. <laughs> and I sometimes uh, lose my train of thought a little bit. And so I'd, I'd much rather to have something um, in front of me, not so much as a crutch, but just as a guide for where I'm going with things. And uh, I do try to sound extemporaneous. I think that's very important in these kinds of things so that you're not um, well, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get down to the scripted stuff. Another variation on this is the co-host conversation or an interview. It's great when you want to have a free form discussion with one or two other people or something like that. It too can suffer from disorganization if you're not careful and, um, uh, and there isn't a, an established direction and, and, uh, destination, I guess you could say, uh, set up at the start of things. So you know where you're going and how long you've got to get there. 
and you, you know, someone can uh, sort of rein things in when people start to go off on tangents or, or end up having a, um, a conversation that seems headed in a different direction. It's, you know, it's useful to have a strong host or interviewer who can get things back on track and get you from point A to point Z, um, without too many uh, digressions along the way. Now, my favorite way to prepare for episodes is actually to use bullet points. And for this, you know, all you really need is a legal pad or an app on your on your computer or your mobile phone or whatever, like Evernote or just a word processor or something like that. And you just make a list of the points that you want to discuss. Um, it's really just a step beyond that extemporaneous talk that I'm talking about. Uh, and, um, you know, you make a list of points and maybe, you know, maybe a sub point here where you can jot some notes or it can even just be, um, words that, you know, will, or pictures, even that would be a cue for the topics that you want to hit in the course of the run. And it allows you to sort of stay on track by, you know, becomes a checklist for you essentially. And, you know, trial and error will teach you when you're doing bullet points, you know, really how many of these that you need to have to fill whatever the time for your episode is expected to be. I like to have an extra point or two that I'm going to, you know, sort of have as throwaways in case I'm running short. And I also, you know, sometimes have to think quickly on my feet and uh, cut something out because I'm running longer than I'd like. Um, not time, you know, it less of a concern with podcasting because let's face it, you're not paying for airtime and <laughs> you don't have advertisers necessarily expecting it to, you know, their ad to show up at exactly 13 minutes and 12 seconds or something like that. But, you know, you want to be, you want to be organized in, in your presentation so that you, you fill up, you know, the time and your audience is reasonably, um, um, satisfied, you know, because they have an expectation of, uh, a certain quantity of content, I guess you could say. So you want to, you want to fulfill that and you don't want to disappoint them by going way too long either. I remember when one show I used to listen to was originally a 60 minute episode, roughly, you know, 65 would be pretty common. And then they expanded it and became 75 minutes. And next thing you know, it's a 90 minute show. And you know, my commute at the time <laughs> was about 60 minutes. So I was very comfortable when it got to be 90 minutes, I would end up having another half an hour of stuff to consume on the way home. And you know, it, it, it was, it threw me off and I, I'm no longer listening to that show as regularly because it just became too long format. As interesting as the material is, you know, I, I just have a finite amount of time for this kind of stuff. And I, I like to, you know, um, mix it up a little bit. So respect your audience by having enough content to fill an episode, but not so much that you have to, you know, drag on in, into a lengthy show. And if you do have a lot of content, break it up into two and find a logical way to do that. So for my entertainment law update podcast, we actually use a bullet point outline approach to this. And, and it's a, it's an interesting one because we start out, um, and I say we, because we have a team uh, of volunteers, um, uh, contributors who are law students and so on. We use a couple of different tools to do this, but first off we use, uh, we actually have a Slack channel that we've set up. Slack is a, uh, sort of an instant messaging application and it allows a uh, teams to communicate. So we actually have a Slack channel called story links and, um, throughout the week, each week, the students and I, and my co-host Tamara will, you know, just drop links that we've seen that, you know, of stories that we think are worthwhile into the Slack channel so that we have them all in one place. And then, uh, I try to go through about once a week and select from those to, to find the ones that are the most, 
meaty, you know, for us to talk about on the show or that are, you know, follow-ups on stories we've covered in the past and those kinds of things. So I will go through and pick the stories that we were going to include in the rundown, which is this bullet point outline that we actually create using, um, uh, Google documents. And it's really, it's just, you know, bullet points. Um, the reason we use Google documents again, everybody can share, everybody can have access and everybody can add to the material right in there. So it has all the information about our show, including the script part of our intro and outro. Uh, I'll talk a little more about that later, as well as the list of stories and the links to the reference material that we've, we've got. Then these contributors jump in and they add bullet points, summarizing the stories, briefing the cases that we're discussing. Sometimes they give us a little bit of a narrative, especially, you know, the very first words we're going to say about introducing a new story. Um, one of my uh, contributors is, is kind of a funny writer. And so he writes humorous, you know, pithy quotes that we can throw into to transition from one story to the next. And I find that very helpful, but mostly it's just bullet points. And even those pithy quotes are just lined up next to a bullet. And then my co-host and I will read the rundown the night before we record the show and we'll go through and make sure we're up on all the stories and, and flesh things out and make our own little notes and things like that. And then that document becomes our rundown for the actual recording session. Um, and we just look at that while we talk and, uh, um, you know, run, run down it. And like I said, we like to have an extra bullet or two, an extra topic or two that we can treat as throwaway. So we, we don't have to go long. And, um, but, uh, I guess the fear of going short is the reason we do that, but, uh, it works, it works pretty well for us. Um, the next tool that I, or kind of tool that I want to recommend is outlining. When I'm doing a show like this one, I like to use an outline, although it may not always sound like I have an outline. <laughs> I actually do. Um, I find that the more linear nature of an outline where you have topics and subtopics and sub subtopics and so on really helps me visualize things and to keep track of everything. So I know I'm not missing anything as I present the material. So, uh, before I sat down to record this episode, I created a, an outline. It's about four levels deep. Um, and, uh, you know, I used, I used my tools to do that and I'll tell you about some tools that we can use. Um, you know, obviously, the first is you could just jot it down on a legal pad or a piece of scratch paper. Um, easy enough to do. It's how most of us learn to take notes. And um, uh, unless you're a, a younger person who learned to do it on on a uh, technology device, uh, you know, uh, sit down, grab a pen, write out an outline, and then uh, go off and record. Very easy to do. And again, you're using sort of bullet points. You don't have to have fully fleshed out ideas as long as you have the cues for what you want to say. I think anybody can speak, you know, three or four sentences on a particular topic without having it written out for them. Um, and uh, so that's sort of a combination of the bullet point and the extemporaneous, you could say, right? Okay, so tools, legal pad or a word processor. Most word processors nowadays have very good outlining features built into them that let you organize and, and set up the cascading bullet points or numbers or whatever you want to use uh, just by hitting a tab key or something like that. I know Microsoft Word does. I'm on a Mac and I use Pages and I know it does. I know most of the free um, open source apps also have outlining features built in. Uh, but you could also just use a plain old text editor and tabs or spaces to to do your outlining. Um, pretty easy to do that in there, and especially for this kind of thing where you're not doing many, many levels and you don't have to cross-reference too much. Um, but there are also note-taking apps out there in the marketplace. One of my favorites, and the one I'm reading from right now, is called Evernote. It's a multi-platform, open, not open source, but it's 
a cross-platform tool that allows me to create an outline in on my desktop and then look at it on my on my iPad or my iPhone. Uh, you can even do it on the web. And again, jump in and flesh it out. It has some collaboration tools. If you join, if you pay at the Supreme, you know, the Supreme, the, uh, the higher level uh, service plan, but, uh, it even has a free plan. If you just want to use it on one or two devices, I highly recommend Evernote. Uh, Microsoft has a similar tool called OneNote. Uh, Google has something called Google keep, which is more like, I guess it's more like a board of, of, um, you know, sticky notes or something like that, that you just, uh, add to, and it does have some basic outlining features built into it and you can organize by topics and things. It's pretty cool. And there's lots of other similar tools out there that I strongly recommend, but you can also use a dedicated outlining tool. Um, my favorite of these, when I'm, when I have a big project outline is called Omni outliner. It's, it's for Mac and, and, um, OS 10 devices only. It's a very Apple centric program, but it works fantastically. And, um, uh, it exports to all kinds of forms. It's really a very cool tool. Another one out there is called Workflowy, which is, um, pretty popular. I believe that's a web-based tool. So you can do it from almost any device, uh, computer phone, whatever. And so, um, outlining is great because it is that linear thing and you can see, uh, you can see where you're going and where you stand and um, make sure you're not missing any points or anything like that. So I, I really strongly recommend an outline um, for a single episode uh, creation because uh, yeah, well there you go <laughs> because it allows you to organize those thoughts in a linear way that will come across very effectively to your audience. And, um, and there you have it. But the next tool is, and this is sometimes, you know, some people love outlines and some people love this next tool called mind mapping. Um, mind mapping is a visual presentation, I guess you could say visual organization tool for ideas and thoughts and, and subjects. Um, I like to use this when I'm presenting a larger body of information, like I'm teaching a course or something like that. And I'm going to be coming back every week for 10 or 12 weeks. This allows me to visualize the entire project and then to drill down topic by topic and subtopic by subtopic in a very visual tree like uh, format. Um, very much like a traditional outline, but much more visual and a little bit more freeform. In fact, with many, you can just start by jotting your ideas down on the page or a whiteboard or into an app or something like that, and then figure out the connections and linkages uh, using lines and arrows and grouping them and things like that. You can do that in a second pass. It's great to use for like a mind dump where you just organize all your thoughts, get them all out onto the, onto the one place, you know, onto a, a, a document or a whiteboard or whatever, and then organize and move them around. One way I like to do that is using either post-it notes, or, you know, sticky notes or index cards. Um, and each new idea or topic goes on its own note. You can even color code them and all kinds of things, but you just stick them up on the wall or on a conference room table or desk or a board of some sort, and then you can move them around and organize your ideas into the strongest presentation structure you can come up with. Um, I think this is fantastic if you want to make sure your organize your show is organized not just from within the episode, but also from episode to episode or even season to season. And you really being able to step back and see the big picture of things can help a lot. Um, 
So mind mapping is a fantastic tool. It's a little bit of a discipline you have to learn, um, like outlining, frankly. So, and some people just prefer to always use mind maps, and some people prefer just using outlines. And I, I find them to be very complementary because what I'll often do is start in a mind mapping tool, organize the big picture, and then take a subtopic and you know, do that in an outliner. And most of these apps now have a pretty good way of, of exchanging data in, in, um, uh, in a common sort of a standardized format called OPML, um, some kind of markup language, I'm sure. Uh, and, um, that allows you to, to migrate, you know, to, to go between one app and another with some of the data. And that way you get the both best of both worlds. You get that visual, big picture, but then in the individual topics and subtopics, you could be in an outline view. And, um, actually that'd be a great tool for someone to come up with is one that has both an outline view and a, um, a visual mode. Um, anyway, tools that you'd need for something like this, you know, something like a whiteboard or like I said, a conference room desk or just a blank wall even, and some post-it notes or stick index cards, something like that. Um, you can do it on a legal pad or just a scratch piece of paper, whatever depends on the size and scope of what you're doing. Uh, and then there are these dedicated mind mapping software tools. My favorite is called I thoughts X. It again is a Mac, um, oriented tool. It works on Mac and OS 10. You can do this on your mobile phone, um, which makes it very intuitive. Actually, my iPad is my favorite mind mapping tool. I'll sit down, you can zoom in and out. You can, you know, move things around on the, on the screen. It's very effective and, and uh, efficient uh, for this. Um, in fact, I will probably, I think I'm going to turn this outline into a mind map just so folks can see what they're what I'm talking about. And I'll post that in the show notes as a PDF you can download and take a quick look at. So, um, so go to, uh, the episodes, uh, uh, show notes. This is episode number 69. So, um, uh, lawpodcaster.com slash six nine and check that out. And we'll, we'll, the download will be there in the show notes. Um, other tools, uh, I thoughts is the, my favorite. As I said, there's mind node, another one called mind jet. One's called X mind. And another very popular one that I believe also is web-based is called mind Meister. So uh, check those out and figure out what works for you. I think mind uh, mind mapping is a great, like I said, that, that overall data dump, get it all out on the page and then organize it is a great, way to do things. Finally, we get down to scripting. This is great when you have a detailed presentation. You want to get it you know, every word planned out in advance. Great when you have multiple co-hosts or presenters and you want to make sure everybody covers their part and there's a sort of seamless transition from one to the next. You can really plan the whole the whole thing out. But the risk is that you can sound sort of stilted, that it'll it, it will lack that spontaneity that you get when you're working from an outline or a bullet point or just extemporaneously. And it will feel um, stuck, you know, stick in the mud kind of a thing. Um, you, the, the risk is that we write like legal writers. And so the, the, <laughs> the presentation of the podcast episode is going to sound like a legal brief. And that's not, Let's just, it's just not good audio. It's just not good podcasting. It needs to have that more conversational, friendly vibe to, to really land with an audience. Otherwise, they're going to lose interest. You know, judges are paid to read our briefs. Opposing counsel are paid to read what we brief and how we write in the legal arena. Um, other lawyers, it's our job to read, uh, um, you know, 
law review articles and those kinds of things to keep up with the law on our subjects. But let's face it, our audience isn't all judges and other lawyers and adverse counsel and so on. And we don't, and even if they are, this is something they're doing in their downtime. They're not getting paid to read this stuff. So let's give it to them in a format that's a little easier to read and digest and to enjoy. Let's frankly and frankly, let's have that spontaneity, that, that energy that we get from a more conversational tone. So if you're going to script your stuff out, at least take, make an effort to script it in a conversational style and um, be flexible and willing to depart from the script and improvise a little bit and flesh things out and maybe even build in some places for some um, free discussion of things, if you will. I think that's a really great way to keep things moving. And also, um, you know, you want your audience to engage with the material. So inviting the audience to come back and, and comment, just like I'm about to do for you. Um, I want to ask you, my listeners, what approach do you find works best when you're prepping for a show? Do you use an outline or a, a bullet points or a mind map or a script? Do you use, um, um, do you do prepared questions when you're going to do an interview or do you like to be a little more loose and just sort of see where the conversation goes? My personal approach to all of this, by the way, um, as I mentioned, I was going to talk about this earlier. I like to have a script for the opening and the closing of my show. So when I start the show and I say, welcome back to episode number, blah, blah, of the law podcasting podcast. I'm your host, Gordon. And da, da, da. that is all scripted. It's the same and consistent from episode to episode. I sometimes try to mix it up a little bit, but I want to have that first couple of sentences really consistent from episode to episode so that the audience knows they're listening to the right show as well as it gives me a, a, a runway from which to take off and, and get things moving in the right direction. And then again, at the end, I like to come back to a little bit of a script so that I know uh, that I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to cover all the bases I need to cover in order to, um, in order to, um, you know, serve the purpose of my show and serve my audience. So what I'd love to do is have you let me know in your comments to this episode, just visit lawpodcaster.com slash 69 and let me know what do you do in terms of your prep? How, what approach do you use? Um, to organizing your show material before you record. I would really love to hear from you. And with that, I'm going to say that about wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you're interested in podcasting for your practice, the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course is now available. So please visit lawpodcasting.com and I will send you my free law podcasting resource guide and much more information. And until next time, keep on podcasting. Thank you.